we're in this teaching series. This is the fourth week titled Dangerous Prayers. And I'm just curious how many of this morning you would say you want to build your faith and strengthen your prayer life. How many of you and those watching? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my hand's up. I would say my, my weakest spiritual discipline in life is prayer. I, I get very jealous of those that are, you stand back and you're like, you can just pray. I feel like always prayer is the, like one of the last things I do during the day. It's the, I for, I'm sorry, God, I forgot about you. Hello. I forget about it sometimes. I want to deepen my prayer life. And the problem for so many believers today in this world is we're praying too safe. We pray, God, keep me safe while I travel. God, bless this greasy chili cheese dog. Amen. Those are the prayers we're praying. And there's nothing wrong with safe prayers. My issue is we stay within the safety of those prayers. And following Jesus is dangerous. He doesn't call us to live safe lives. And I love this, that we can work together and say, God, let's really hear from you. Let's speak and pray dangerously together. Many of us, our prayers are just this. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. Good food, good God, good meat, let's eat. Dear six pound, or eight pound, six ounce, baby Jesus, thank you for this bountiful harvest of Domino's, KFC, and always delicious Taco Bell. Did that really just happen in church? I will not mention the movie that it's from, but there you go. That was a movie reference. But many times our prayers can be lame, self-centered, bland, predictable, safe. I want us to pray dangerously, friends. I want us to get and be the church and be the body of believers who get down on our knees every single day and seek the presence of God. To live dangerously. But it's going to take great faith. So far we have covered three dangerous prayers. Week one, we we titled it, Make Me Bold. God, make me bold. Week two, it was break my heart. What what breaks your heart, God? May you break my heart. Week three, last week was the big prayer of send me. Uh Uh-oh. You start praying those three things, you watch out. God's going to open divine opportunities for you. This week, we're going to look at a prayer that I specifically led for this week, and then it kind of wraps up this week and next week kind of go hand in hand together. But this week, if you want to follow along before I reveal what, where, uh, what that prayer is, if you want to turn to the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, and as you turn there in your Bibles, or I'll have it on the screen here. But let me give you a little background. There's a little boy by the name of Samuel. Many biblical scholars says he's somewhere between the ages of 11 and 12 years old. He's in the temple There's a priest in the temple. The temple at the time is just just think about church. That's what it is. And there's a priest at the time by the name of Eli. The problem with Eli is that he was sinning. He was not leading his family well. The nation was sinning. And he had two horrible sons that were just sinning and doing many awful, awful things in life. And in the midst of it, Samuel, this little boy, will go to bed. And he was going to get something that he did not expect that night. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4, reads this way. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. 
Remember, an 11 to 12-year-old boy running to the priest in the middle of the night, I'm hearing my name get called. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here am I. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. God can speak to anyone, even a child. Many people say, well, where, where is children's ministry in the Bible? Right here. Right here. God can use anyone, even a little 11 or 12-year-old boy. And so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord called, as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is what, friends, is listening. The fourth dangerous prayer that you and I can pray is speak to me, God. Speak to me. I really want to hear your voice. God, speak to me. I, I often look at this uh, whole entire scripture, and I think it's really cool. Think about that. That is a young boy. He actually heard the audible voice of God. How cool is that? I wonder if Samuel was not on cloud nine in that moment. Like, that is so incredibly awesome. But there is a problem to saying this prayer. Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Here's the problem. God's going to tell him what Samuel didn't want to hear. And before I tell you what God is going to speak to Samuel, I want to give, I want to do a little Bible trivia this morning. All right, Bible trivia. How many of us know that when God spoke to someone, he gave them an easy task to do? Never. Hey, Noah, um, I want you to build an ark. Excuse me, God, what in the world is an ark? It's just a big boat, Noah, start building it. Okay. And by the way, there's a flood that's going to come. Excuse me, God, what's a flood? I don't know what a flood is. Man, you're going to find out in a moment. But build this thing, and by the way, you're probably going to get ridiculed because people are going to be like, dude, what a flood we've never experienced. We don't even know what a flood is, and you're building this massive boat. Oh, by the way, I'm starting over in the whole entire human race. Difficult task. Difficult. Hey, Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh, the most godless violent city in the ancient world at the time of Noah, I need you to go there and tell the people to repent. Ha! What does Jonah do? Peace out, God. I'm going to Tarshish. I'm getting out of here. Another one. Hey, Mary, young teenage girl, 
You're going to give birth. How, God, I'm a virgin. You're going to give birth because the Holy Spirit is going to come. And not just give birth, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. The weight and heaviness there. Speak to me. There's a warning to this prayer. You start praying this dangerous prayer, speak to me, God may convict you in a loving way that he will not act outside of his character. He's gracious, slow to anger. He's merciful. He's full of love, abounding in love. But he may convict you. It may startle you. It may stretch you, scare you, challenge you, make you feel very uncomfortable. It's a dangerous prayer. But saying this prayer will teach us to depend on God and have greater faith in life. But I want to give you a big warning before you're sitting there going, oh, I can't wait to get home and pray. God, speak to me. Here's the warning to you. Don't ask God to speak if you don't want to hear what he has to say. Let me just sit in that for a moment. Don't ask God to speak if you don't want to hear what he has to say. Now, what's interesting, that this prayer can have a very heavy burden. See, Samuel sits there and goes, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And what's interesting is he did not tell Samuel, Samuel, you're, you're only 11, 12 years old. Man, you're going to go to that church and that youth group, and you're going to meet this really cute little girl. She's going to be your wife someday, and you're going to have two and a half kids. Don't know where the half is coming from, but you're going to have two and a half kids. And you're going to have an awesome dog. You're going to make six figures. You're going to retire early. That's what I just needed to tell you. Man, and you're going to be just a big blessing to everyone. What did God tell Samuel? Hey, Samuel, Eli's sinning. The people are sinning. They're not turning their hearts towards me. Therefore, I'm going to judge the household of Eli and this nation. And you're the one going to tell them all that. God, can you tell me about the girl that I'm going to meet in youth group, please? Not that I'm going to now lead them through this. And huh. It's dangerous. But let me take a step back for a minute and tell you something. That prayer is not just talking. Prayer is, is that's an aspect of prayer. Prayer is that deep communication with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is not just talking. Prayer is also listening. Listening. Now, what I've realized in life is God's done more when I do less of this and more of this. Just listen. Some of you right now may be elbowing your neighbor. Hey, you should just do that at home with me. Less of more of I do. Just listen. Just listen. You know what we struggle with? It's listening. We struggle with it. God is always speaking. The question is, are you listening? God is always speaking. Are you listening? So you may sit there and go, all right, Ryan, I want to pray this dangerous prayer. Speak to me. I help, me. help me, though, hear the voice of God. How do I do it? How do I do it? I'm going to give you three Three quick things to do in life. Three quick things, and then under two of them, I'm going to give you three things to do under those three, okay? So, note takers, get ready. Here we go. Here's the first thing. You want to hear from the voice of God. If we're going to pray this dangerous prayer, God, speak to me. Number one, you have to be still. Be still. Psalm 46.10 says this. Be still 
and know that I am God. The psalmist did not say, run around frantic, have the busiest schedule of your life, and then you'll know God. No, he says, hold on, silence everything. Be still and know that I'm God. I'm going to ask you a question. When's the last time you binge-watched Netflix or Disney Plus or Hulu, and you were over an hour on that? When's the last time over an hour of you just scrolling through Facebook and your social media? When's the last time you worked out for an hour? When's the last time you did a hobby for an hour? Now compare that. When is the last time you just got into God's presence for an hour? And I'm not meaning just church. I'm meaning outside of the building. When's the last time? When is the last time? You want to hear the voice of God, you have to slow down. And the issue is we're seeking Facebook more than we're seeking his face. And there are weapons of mass distraction everywhere that kills us from being still. Here's three, th- three weapons of mass distraction for us that kill us being still. Number one, busyness. Oh, I'm just so busy. It's almost like it's a badge today. It's an honor. I'm so busy. I'm just doing so many things. That's great. But in your busyness, you will not hear the voice of God. God's still, small voice. God can shout, but most of the time his voice is small and still. I love John Mark Comer. He wrote one of the best books on the busyness of life. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Let me say that again because you guys aren't writing that down in this building because you need to. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I think every believer has to read that book. Flat out. If you're not a book reader, become a book reader. It's easy anyways to read. And here's his quote. Hurry is violence on the soul. Hurry is violence on the soul. I forgot who said this, but they said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Because sin and busyness have the exact same effect. It disconnect from God. And what I realized in life is that the quieter you become, the more you can hear. Oh, a weapon of mass distraction. Just keep them busy. Keep them busy. Now I want to say this. Maybe in your busyness, there are things you can, I, I hope there are things you can restrict or at least limit in your life. And you got to sit and go and say, I got to just put my phone away for a while. I realize I'm always on that. I, I got I to gotta just, you know, there are good no's in life. There's good no's. We all got to practice the no word. Hey, that is a beautiful thing, but my life, I have to say no right now. Thank you. That's a great invitation. We have to learn the art of no. Here's the second mass distraction is this, competing voices. We have competing voices in this world. God may be yelling at you, but I want to ask you, are you listening? Did you know in a football stadium, you can put 100,000 people in a football stadium, all cheering at one time, and you can't hear the person from me to you guys. You can't. There's too many people. But did you know you remove everyone out of a football stadium, put them on opposite ends of the end zone, did you know you can have a conversation in that football stadium? I I feel like that is our life. We are getting bombarded by so many voices in this world, and no wonder why we can't hear God's voice. Because everyone else is shouting at us too. 
We have to slow down. And I love when Jesus is calling people to follow him. Here's what he says in Luke. He says this, but they all alike began to make, what's this one word? Excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Work. That's an excuse. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Work excuse. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. Blaming the wife. Excuses. But there's so many other competing voices that we can't even be still and just say, God, speak to me. I need to hear from you. And if you're going to hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume. Can I say this lovingly? Turn off Fox News. Turn off CNN. Turn off social media. What this pandemic has caused me, I began to do less and less social media. I started deleting the apps off my phone. I'm done with that. I just need to hear from you. I don't need to hear a politician. I, don't need, I need to hear your voice. Your voice. Here's the third weapon of mass distraction is an unprepared heart. It's an unprepared heart. We're not ready for it. It's a distraction. Jesus gave the parable of the seeds, right? The sower and the seeds. Do you know I could throw a seed on this stage? I can throw a seed right here, and do you know 10, 15 years later, it still won't grow into a plant? Why? It's the wrong soil. I got to get into some good soil that's prepared to receive a seed, and then I want to see fruit and a, a delicious peach tree grow out of it. But our hearts aren't ready to hear God's voice. We're unprepared. Why? Because we're busy, we got competing voices. And your heart hasn't been settled enough to hear God's voice. Three things. Here, 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us. Both within and without, let's make our entire lives fit as holy temples for the worship of God. You and I, if we're going to pray this prayer, we have to be still. Be still. Here's the second thing. You want to stay, pray this dangerous prayer. The second thing is you got to be willing. You have to be willing. Often our prayers are more, God, I want you to do this or that for me. I wonder if we started praying and we just got out a blank sheet of paper and says, God, I'm ready to hear from you. I'm in a posture of listening now. I'm ready to write down what you have to say. If there's anything inside of me you need to convict, God, I'm ready to write it down. God, is there anything that I'm not doing right that I need to do? Is there anything that you're asking me to take that giant leap of faith that I have to do? But God, I'm willing to be in a posture of listening. What are you going to say? I love what the proverb says. Proverbs says this. Seek his will in all you do still. Never stop seeking God's will. And he will show you which path to take. So, God, Ryan, if I start praying this, will I actually hear the audible voice of God? Perhaps. I don't know if I've ever heard the audible voice of God. 
I wish it would sound like Darth Vader a little bit. I think that would be really cool if he would do that. But I don't know. Perhaps Samuel did. But there are ways that God clearly speaks through us. Here's four quick ones. I'm going to go through it quick. Number one, God speaks through his word. That is the number one thing that I say. We have to be people of God's word. It's our foundation. So we don't get swayed in a culture of compromise. We have to be people of God's word. He'll speak through his word. Number two, he'll speak through people. Often, it's my wife. She convicts me. Well, the Holy Spirit's using her to convict me on something. But often, it's people. I've had people speak into my life to be like, wow, that's it. You have no idea that God used you to answer a prayer I've been praying. Thank you. Thank you. That's why I believe if you come to church and you're like, you know, eh, I don't sign up for life groups. I, don't do, I barely go to church. It's just not for me. You never know. You may be the answer to someone's prayer. Even if you get nothing out of the service. Showing up on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night or wherever services are, you may be the one conversation God's going to use to change that person's life. You have no idea. Here's number three. God speaks through circumstances. Ha! Aren't we in a circumstance right now? He's speaking. Are you listening? Or are we? Charlie Brown's teacher, right? Just sip it. Hear his voice. And here's the last. He speaks through his Holy Spirit. His spirit that resides in us. God will use it to speak to you and to me. Here's number one, be still. Number two, be willing. Here's the last point. Number three, you got to be ready. Be ready. When God speaks, it may not be what you want to hear. Uh-oh, Ryan, I prayed this prayer. I prayed the prayer. God, speak to me, and I feel his spirit inside me. He says, i got to lead a life group now, and I don't want to. You've got to be ready. Ah, man, I prayed the prayer, and I feel like we got to move states, and it may be a job transfer, and kids got to transfer to a new school, and i got to find a new neighborhood. And new ch- I, don't, I don't like that stuff. you got to be ready. You're going to pray the dangerous prayer. That may be, be ready to invite your boss to work. God, I, I just, you got to take my headache away. I need healing with my headache. But the problem is you got to save my boss because my boss is the result of my headache. And God's sitting there going, invite him to church. Invite her to church. Do I have to? Did you pray, speak to me? I'm speaking to you now. Maybe perhaps it's that neighbor. That neighbor that you know just gets under your skin a little bit. That neighbor. Go cut their grass. I hate mowing, God. Go cut their grass. Go be the hands and feet of Jesus to to that person. You know, your friends have no idea that you even follow Jesus. And I'm asking you, go on social media and make a statement for me. But God, they may make fun of me at school. Are you ready to be used by me? I've spoken. Will you do it now? It's a dangerous prayer. Every time God spoke, people felt unprepared, unqualified, 
and unequipped. But God will equip the called. He'll give you what you need. Speak to me, Lord. It's a dangerous prayer. And there's a good chance you pray this, it's going to be intimidating. It's going to be scary. It may seem impossible, but it's going to take faith. But remember, don't pray this prayer unless you're ready to hear what he has to say. And the only thing that's more dangerous than not praying this prayer is not praying the prayer. We can't be people of faith and people of God, but literally go through our whole entire life saying, but I never heard from him. It's a dangerous prayer. And I don't want you to miss out what God wants to do in you and through you. May we be a people that says, Lord, speak to me, for your servant is listening. So let me pray for us. Father, will you help us slow down life? It's busy. It's frantic at times. But God, we know you are good. And so, Father, help us to take a posture of listening. So many times we just want to talk and blabble and ask of this or that, God. This is that reversed prayer of us slowing down to say, God, speak. Speak. May we be people of faith and of boldness that can take this prayer and mean it from the depths of our heart. Would you help us, Lord? Would you help us? Would you also remind us that you are good? You are good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.